Shalom and good evening. Praise the name of Jesus. Welcome to today's Bible study. We continue with our study in the book of Matthew chapter 5. And uh, this is our lesson 9. And uh, we are doing Matthew chapter 5 verse 1 to 12. Matthew chapter 5 verse 1 to 12. However, let's see how the Lord will lead us in our study today let us pray everlasting father in the mighty name of jesus christ we thank you we bless you we exalt your holy name thank you for bringing us into another week O oh god it's a new weekend of glory a week that brings us to the end of the month of february father you have been faithful you've seen us through january 2023 you have brought us to the end of January, uh, February 2023. And Lord, we know you've prepared great things for the coming month, O oh God. And we submit ourselves to you, O oh God, as we continue with the study of your word, O oh God. Father, we trust that you shall continue breaking down your word. That it shall be clear to asking of glory. You shall expound it by your spirit and give us understanding, give us insight, give us foresight, O oh God. Give us a revelation, my Father, that we may apply your word accordingly and just be a blessing to many others, even as we minister to them, King of glory. We thank you that you shall help us, O oh God, to apply the word of God appropriately to the glory and honor of your holy name. Give us understanding and revelation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> My name is Jeremiah Omungala, by the grace of God, an elder in training in Crisco City Church. And I thank God for this opportunity just to come and share the word of God with us. And so we are doing Matthew chapter 5. We'll just read verse 1 to 11. However, we'll be open just to see how the Lord leads us uh, today and uh, how far we will be able to Go. So if you have your Bibles with me, with you, sorry, just open with me. Matthew chapter 5, I'll read verse 1 to 11. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the poor, pure in heart. Sorry, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Let me leave it there for today. Or let me just read uh, verse 12. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you so we've gone up to verse 12 and so we are basically um 
looking at what is famously known as the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. We'll see uh, chapter 5 has 48 verses. We can't, we can't cover all the verses today. Uh, I might just um, lay, uh, or let me say it's just an introduction the Sermon of the Mount. So today we are doing the introduction to the Sermon of the Mount, and I might dwell on verse 1 and 2, but uh, the Lord uh, helping us, we will see how to cover the other ground. So Matthew chapter 5 can be divided almost into 10 uh, portions, and uh, verse 1 and 2 we see preaching the kingdom. Jesus preaches the message of the kingdom. Number 2, we can see uh, uh, verse 3 to 6, the kingdom is made to be displayed. The kingdom is made to be displayed. Uh, verse 7 to 12, we see kingdom qualities. Kingdom qualities. Verse 11 to 12, we can see persecution for the kingdom's sake. Persecution for the kingdom's sake. That's verse 11 and 12 of Matthew chapter 5. Then, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 16, we see Matthew talking about the salt and light. Then from verse 17 to 26, Matthew talks about murder and hatred. Uh -huh. Verse 27 to 30, um, Matthew writes about how to live in purity. And then verse 31 to 32, Matthew talks about marriage and divorce. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 48, Matthew talks about the credibility gap. I'll call it the credibility gap. We will see it when we get there. Then Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 to 42, uh, Matthew writes about revenge and retribution. Revenge and retribution. Then finally, from verse 43 to 48, Matthew talks about loving our enemies. Loving our enemies and so we say today we're doing introduction to the sermon on the mount introduction to the sermon on the mount and so we can see the first thing we see is that jesus prepares to teach his disciples jesus prepares to teach his disciples and so verse one and seeing the multitudes seeing the multitudes so as we end chapter four if you look at chapter 4, verse 25, the Bible mentions that great multitudes followed him, that is Jesus, coming from many different regions. In response to this, Jesus went up on a mountain. As we're seeing and seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. So in response to the multitudes that had come to see him, to hear him preach and teach, Jesus went up on a mountain. Brethren, it is wrong to think that Jesus went up uh, on a mountain to remove himself from the multitudes or to seclude himself or separate himself from the multitudes. That was not the reason. It is true that Jesus gave his te this teaching to his disciples, but the use of the term is probably broad. However, this could indicate to us that as much as salvation is free, we need to make effort to follow Jesus. Obedience is 
our responsibility. So when the multitudes came and Jesus took a step to go up the mountain, then it was the responsibility of the people in the multitudes or in the crowds to follow him. Remember, as we end chapter 4, Jesus performed some miracles, healed, um, uh, I think he healed some sick people, yes. Yeah, Jesus heals a great multitude. multitude. And so there was teaching, there was preaching, there was healing and all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. And so there was evidence that Jesus was able to heal. Jesus was able to perform miracles. And so these people had followed him. And as they followed him, as we are saying, Jesus goes up the mountain. And so by going up the mountain, it was up to these people. If they still wanted to hear from Jesus, then they were meant to follow him up the mountain. Jesus has saved us. Jesus has delivered us. Jesus has healed us and continues to do so many things for us. We cannot remain there all our lives where we are just seated and taking a back seat and expecting everything, you know, just to come uh, on a silver platter in our walk with the Lord. Jesus takes us and puts us at a certain level, but he will bless us for that level. He will equip us for that level. He will allow us to go through challenges at that level, but it's only after we have overcome the challenges that he will take us to the next level. Okay? That's why we say we grow from faith to faith, from glory to glory, you know, from strength to strength. As we serve the Lord Jesus Christ, we grow from one level to another. Jesus did not call us to remain where we are. And that's why he calls the multitude, performs miracles down there and goes to the next level as he takes the mountain, as he goes up the mountain. Jesus, as we've said, continues to do so many things for us. We cannot remain there all our lives. We need to move as he moves. We need to follow him as he moves us to the next phase, as he moves us to the next level. Brethren, going up the mountain is not an easy task. It is not a walk in the park. Some of us have gone mountain climbing. Let me not even go very far. If you've gone, if you've been into Nairobi and you've taken a climb on the Gong Hills, you'll agree with me, it can take a toll on you, especially if you're not physically fit. And so Jesus goes up the mountain and a number of people in the crowd follow him. Freely we have been given salvation. However, we need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. This means to follow Jesus keenly. He is our savior, the custodian of our salvation, and therefore he knows how best to take us through this walk of salvation. And as we've said, a mountain is normally steep. It is a steep place to climb. The bottom might not be as steep. It might be a gradual climb. However, it gets more challenging as one goes higher. And so, as we've said, when we get saved, the Lord prepares us in certain ways. However, as we go deeper 
in our knowledge of the Lord, you find that things might become a bit challenging. However, God is there to see us through the challenges. The walk of faith or the walk of salvation is riddled with many challenges, ups and downs, opposition, and so many other things. And Jesus invites us to follow him because he knows the way out. If Jesus goes up the mountain, it is up to us to follow him. However difficult and rugged that terrain will be, Jesus will see us through. He will help us navigate those difficult terrains and enable us to get to the top by his grace. Note that he goes up the mountain and sits. This is a sign of rest. In Christ Jesus, we can find rest as we climb the mountains of this life, as we face those challenges, as we face that opposition, as we face that pressure. Jesus is able to give us rest. Jesus is able to bring us to a point where we can rest. And we see when the Bible says his disciples came to him in this scripture, it is not just the 12 and the ones who were chosen, who were close to Jesus. It was a multitude as we have seen in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 25. Here the word disciple or disciples is used in a broad sense of those who followed and had him, not uh, in the narrow sense of the 12. By the end of the Sermon on the Mount, people in general had his message and were amazed. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 28, the Bible says people were astonished at the teachings of Jesus. And brethren, for us, God has opened great avenues for us to reach multitudes. We have the Revival TV, but better still, we have our social media platforms by which we are able to transmit what the Lord is speaking to us. And I believe it's a message to the world. It's a message to the multitudes. It is important that the message of the kingdom is preached, that sound doctrine is taught, and the Holy Spirit is allowed to lead all the way. We can see Jesus you know, after he saw the multitudes and went up the mountain, and when he was up the mountain, he was seated. And we can see when he sat, the Bible says his disciples came to him. This is still chapter 5 and verse 1. We must trust God to leave an impact both in our in-house services and on the digital space and everywhere we go. And everywhere we find ourselves. We must trust God to leave an impact. We must trust God to leave a clear message, a clear representation of the message of the kingdom. Jesus was not a double-faced leader and had no two doctrines to, that he shared. One doctrine for the many and one for the few. Uh -uh. Jesus says 
teachings and the preachings were for everybody. And that's why the multitudes even followed him up the mountain. So realize in chapter 4 verse 25 we talk of multitudes. In chapter 5 verse 1 the Bible says and his, he was seated, his disciples came to him. And so as we're saying, and when he was seated, brethren, this was the common posture for teaching in the Jewish culture. It was customary for the teacher to sit and the hear, sorry, excuse me, and the hearers to stand. Sitting was the accepted posture of synagogue or school teachers in those days. If you look at Matthew chapter 13 and verse 2, Matthew chapter 23 and verse 2, Matthew chapter 24 and verse 3, and if also go to Luke chapter 4 and verse 20, you will find Jesus is teaching while seated. In Matthew's record, Jesus will speak and teach. It is God speaking, but no longer through an inspired human personality like Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, like the prophet Isaiah, like the prophet Samuel, or the prophet Daniel, or the apostle Paul, for that matter. In this case, it is God speaking, though not through an inspired vessel, but he himself, through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is speaking to us. Now the truth of God is spoken through the exact personality of God. And brethren, that's why we, 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 we submit to us that the words of Jesus are powerful because it is God himself speaking these words. It is God himself proclaiming, pronouncing these words unto us. So the words, the word of God is powerful. And then we can see, as we've said, and uh, the last line of verse 1, chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 1, his disciples came to him. This has in mind a group much larger than the 12, who up to this point have not been introduced as a group in this gospel or in this book of Matthew. You realize we have, we have not reached a point whereby the 12 have been chosen. So it's a general term for his disciples. His disciples basically were the people who agreed in obedience to follow him at that point in time. And so you and I are included when we make a decision, when we take a step, a step of obedience to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, then we are referred to as his disciples. Here the disciples simply refers to the people who followed him up the mountain. A considerable number of people gather about him and this audience is referred to as his disciples. As we know, a disciple is a follower. And a follower, this is an action word. It is not just what we say, it is what we do as well. Those who went up the mountain were greatly impacted by the sermon on the mount. Brethren, following Jesus will never leave us the same. Following Jesus will leave an impact, will leave a transformation, will leave a change in our lives. And so 
we are seeing here the issue of discipleship and then jesus goes to the next level and he begins to teach jesus begins to teach verse 2 then he opened his mouth and taught them saying so after the word saying he begins what we call the beatitudes the beatitudes so this could signify that jesus used his voice in a strong way to teach this crowd he spoke with energy projecting his thoughts with earnestness not that jesus taught whether he opened his mouth or not all that jesus did had a lesson attached to it remember when he stood before was it Pilate or herod one of them he's asked questions and he keeps quiet in some places jesus would be asked questions and he would not answer but even by the mere fact that he did not answer he left a lesson for these people to learn he always left a lesson behind whether he was talking or he was silent his silence spoke volumes jesus spoke with urgency a man in earnest he articulated his message clearly and spoke loudly he lifted up his voice like a trumpet and published salvation far and wide like someone who had something to say which he desired his audience to hear and feel you know we are seeing the beginning of the ministry of our lord and savior jesus christ and in the same vein we are seeing the urgency with which he is ministering in the morning in the morning devotion our pastor was challenging us on the aspect of god's desire god desires that all men should be saved and we see jesus ministers with the same urgency he opened his mouth and taught them saying he begins telling people kingdom or king, let me call them kingdom ethics let me call them kingdom attributes let me call them kingdom characteristics ways in which we are supposed to carry ourselves so that we clearly represent the kingdom of god brethren we must proclaim the gospel of the kingdom boldly and urgently let us be the herald of the king jesus is our king let us be his messengers and take this message out there urgently and boldly the holy spirit will give us boldness to be able to carry out this message jesus is coming soon and every corner of the earth needs to hear and that's why we are being reminded this year, brethren, go ye therefore and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It is urgent, brethren. It is urgent, brethren. We have multitudes outside there. Brethren, look at the fields. Look at the harvest the harvest is ripe we need to go there and carry out the harvest before it gets spoiled
or wouldn't want to respond to this call, brethren, and go out there boldly and proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, the message of the kingdom, without any regrets, without any fear, without any doubt, that indeed Christ is Lord. Then verse 2 continues to say, And taught them, saying, What they had was a message that has been referred to as the sum or the total of Jesus' ethical teaching. In the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus tells us how to live. It has been said that if you took all the good advice ever given by any philosopher, any psychiatrist, any counselor, you would still be left with a poor imitation of this great message by Jesus. The Sermon on the Mount is sometimes uh, thought of as Jesus' declaration of the kingdom. You know, the American revolutionaries had their declaration of independence. Kenya had its declaration of independence in 1964, 12th January, when Kenya was given, was made to be a state, what we call Jamhuri. With this message, Jesus declared what his kingdom is all about. It presents a radically different agenda than what the nation of Israel expected from the Messiah. The nation of Israel were expecting a political agenda. But Jesus here comes and is very clear about his message. His message is about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. As we said, Matthew uses the word heaven more often than God simply because the Jewish people revered God so much that they could not call him by his name. They would refer to the places where they would find God or they would look for other words. For example, Jehovah Jireh, you know, to refer to God because they could not call God by name. But here he's talking of the kingdom of heaven, in other words, the kingdom of God. So the Israelites were expecting political or material blessings during the Messiah's reign. Instead, this message of Jesus expresses the spiritual implications of the rule of Jesus in our lives. This great message tells us how we will live when Jesus is our Lord. It is important to understand that the Sermon on the Mount does not deal with salvation as such, but it lays out for the disciple and the potential disciple how regarding Jesus as king translates to ethics and daily living. Serving Jesus, brethren, is about daily living. We must reflect, we must represent the Lord Jesus Christ every day in everything that we do. In our talking, in our walking, in our sleeping, in our waking, in our movement, in our eating, in our every area of our lives brethren we must depict the lord jesus christ 
this is my thought this this is my thought the sermon on the mount was jesus's standard sermon i have a feeling it was the core of his message a simple proclamation of how god expects us to live the lord was simply making it clear on how we are supposed to live and as we said as i've said earlier this largely contrasted with the common jewish misunderstandings of life them they had certain ways in which they carried out their lives jesus is bringing here a message of the kingdom a message that is full of grace we can also regard this as jesus's training the disciples in the message he wanted them to carry to others from the sermon of the mount we can see jesus is training the people who came to listen to him on how he wanted this message to be taken out into the world could it be touching on vision was christ sharing more or less his vision pertaining to the kingdom it was his message meant to be passed on to their disciples and through them to others in the world in the sermon on the mount matthew shows us jesus instructing his disciples in the message which was his and which they were to take to men so the message was the message of the lord jesus christ however he's calling them and training them and impacting them that they in turn may take this message to others so we can see the word taught is used there then he opened his mouth and taught them taught here suggests repeated and habitual action and could be said that this is what he used to teach them so over and over and over again the lord jesus christ would teach and at times i want to imagine he would repeatedly teach the disciples over a certain subject so that it is clear when they go out there they are sharing the right message to the right people so it is clear that the sermon on the mount had a significant impact on the early church the early church christians made constant reference to it and their lives were uh, and their lives displayed the glory of radical disciples so brethren i will end there we will pick up from there we've just done verse one and two basically an introduction to the sermon of the mount but what i want us to pick as i finish is that this message radically changed the disciples that picked it up that obeyed that followed the instructions and this we will see as um we continue further into matthew and if you can remember what we did in uh the study in the book of acts a lot of what jesus teaches in this sermon on the mount can be reflected in the lives of the apostles in the book of acts that made them leave such an impact even after the lord jesus christ had ascended up in heaven and therefore brethren let us listen keenly 
Next week, we will delve into the Sermon on the Mount itself and see how Jesus intended this thing to impact us as his disciples. Praise the Lord. Let me just make some clarity here. As Matthew shares on the Sermon on the Mount, he does not talk of the 12 disciples. However, if you look at the same uh, message on the Sermon of the Mount in the book of Luke, it comes after Jesus had uh, 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 selected the 12 disciples. So we will just bring out a clarity on that in the coming days. However, let's be open to what the Lord is teaching us at this point in time and let's trust God that these things that he's telling us at this point in time will have an impact in our lives. Let us pray. Everlasting Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this evening. We bless your holy name. We thank you for this introduction to the Sermon on the Mount. And Father, you are reminding us it is for all disciples. It is not for specific people. It is not for the pastors. It is not for the uh, evangelists. It's not for the prophets. It is not for the apostles. It's not for the teachers of the word. It is for all disciples, them that are called by your name, them that have been... Uh, um, washed by the blood of jesus them that have received you lord you are calling us oh god that we may go out there and reach the multitudes king of glory with the message of the kingdom Father, you went up the mountain and sat a sign of rest. May we attract people unto the rest that you have set for them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And as we preach the message of the kingdom, many shall be drawn to you in the name of Jesus. Them that are disciples, O God, shall be radically changed. They shall be revived. They shall be renewed. They shall be restored, O God. And we shall be filled with your desire, O oh God, to go outside there and share the message of the kingdom in the name of Jesus Christ. We shall open our mouths boldly and declare the word, the truth of the gospel in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Therefore, Lord, we submit ourselves to you, King of glory, that you shall have your way in us, O oh God. You shall touch us in a very special way that father we shall be changed we shall be renewed we shall be made whole we shall be sanctified ready to go and share your gospel outside there in the mighty name of jesus christ father we thank you to the, for the introduction to the sermon on the mountain we pray that lord even as we prepare to delve deeper into your word king of glory you shall make it true my father and you shall open our inner ears of understanding our hearts shall be receptive and we shall pick up from here and lord we shall be changed we thank you we bless you we honor you in jesus name we pray amen amen so if you have time just read the whole of matthew chapter 5 and then we shall pick up from there next week god bless you have a pleasant evening and a great week ahead let's meet again next week on monday as we continue with this series on the sermon on the mount we finish the introduction so next week we delve right into the message itself god bless you have a blessed evening and remember it is a season of divine enlargement through uh outreach god bless you